Green, Bob Green, Bob Green, oh my god, Bob Green, Bob Green, Bob Green, yes, 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 Bob Green, Bob Green, John Green, Bob Green, Bob Green, Bono, Bob Green, Bob Green, Bob Green, Bob Green, Monster, Welcome to the next generation in motorsports podcasting. This is Crush This, a monster truck podcast. And now your hosts, Brad Shaw and Dan Agosh. gentlemen welcome to episode four of crush this amasha truck podcast my name is bradshaw and i'm going it alone here for this first part uh in the second part here we have my co-host dan agosh uh helping me out with the interview uh the reason why i'm going alone it's currently 1207 p.m here in alberta canada on a friday episode was supposed to be up yesterday had some issues happen but it's we're all good I uh, just want to quickly run down some results from last weekend. The two more important shows, which was the hashtag More Monster Jam and the Fox Sports 1 Championship Series. So last weekend in Des Moines, Iowa, they had the first official uh, event of the More Monster Jam Series. Uh, your winner in Saturday afternoon was Max D and Morgan Kane. Saturday evening was Monster Energy and Cody Saucier. And the Sunday afternoon was Gravedigger and Colton Colton Eichelberger. Now, the one thing about Colton's freestyle run last Sunday was he landed a backflip. And it wasn't where the truck goes up to the ramp, gasses it, and comes around. This looked like a legit backflip, like a motocross backflip. It was just cool looking. So right now, uh, the point standings, and it says here... All points earned during the 10 city hashtag more monster jam tour count towards two automatic bids to the monster jam world finals in Las Vegas, Nevada. So you got monster energy and Cody Saucier with six points in first place. Second, you have Max D and Morgan Kane with 4.5 points. Number three, Gravedigger Colton Eichelberger. Number four, he's in four, uh, he's got four points. So he's third. Number four, you have Scooby-Doo and Bailey Shea, three points. Uh, New Earth Authority, Aaron Basil, three points. Sixth, El Toro Loco, Becky McDonough with three points. Seventh, seventh is Blue Thunder, Dalton Milliken, 2.5 points. And you have rounding out number eight, Monster Mount Rottweiler and Darren Basil. Now, last weekend, they also had the first event of the uh, Monster Jam Fox Sports 1 Championship Series. Now, this is a interesting event because... It's a legitimate point series within uh, Feld and Monster Jam. So, it's going to be good. So, you had Dustin Brown winning the first stop on the tour, and he earned three points towards the overall championship series. Um, so, you had a lot of good uh, events. So, you have points for fastest qualifier, points for obstacle course, points for racing, and points for freestyle. They also have the, you know... ATVs, kind of very similar to the more Monster Jam. So the fastest qualifier was Errol Toro Loco and with Chuck Warner. So he was able to get uh, one point. Your obstacle course winner was Monster Mutt and Dustin Brown. He got one point. Uh, in racing, you had Charlie Pockin and Digger, two points. And in freestyle, so you had Monster Mutt and Dustin Brown winning freestyle. So Dustin Brown gets three points. Gravedigger, two points. El Toro Loco, one point. Um, our, one of our uh, guests today, uh, Mr. Brandon Duro, is in that championship series, and he's going to be talking about that with us. Um, but this com- upcoming weekend, uh, January 9th to the 10th, or the 10th, yeah, 9th to 11th, I believe. Um, so here's the events with Monster Jam you have going on this weekend. They're up in Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, Louisville, Kentucky, legendary uh, stadium there for the more Monster Jam. Uh, Greensboro, North Carolina, Charlotte, North Carolina, Tacoma, Washington, Detroit, Michigan, Anaheim, California, Evansville, Indiana, 
San Antonio, Texas, where my other co-host Dan Agosh is at the moment. And you have Atlanta, Georgia for the Fox Sports 1 Championship Series. Um, it's going to be good. It's They're working their way you know, to more events with more Monster Jam, uh, the My Monster Jam thing as well. So it's going to be good. Uh, also, this weekend is the first event of the Monster X Tour calendar. Uh, they're up in Augusta, Georgia at the James Brown Arena. Uh, they're also going to have Lenny Cooper, the gentleman who performs the uh, Flex That X song there, performing live. And this is also the uh, event where USA One is going to be debuted. And I don't know who's going to be running the truck, uh, who what what team is going to be a part of it. Um, I'm excited to see, though. It's going to be really good. Um, you also have uh, another promotion going on this weekend. You have the uh, Toughest Monster Truck Tour in South Haven, Mississippi, at the Lander Center, you know, the first weekend normally is just more Monster Jam events, Feld Motorsports, Feld Entertainment, whatever you want to call it, and you know it, it's going to be good. Uh, more promoters are coming out. I know uh, Checker Flat Productions has some events going on. I'm not sure exactly where they are this weekend. I'll be finding out and I'll post it on our Facebook page. Um, yeah, it's going to be good. Um, you know, with uh, the championship series happening and the My Monster Jam, you know, it's it's going to be a good year for any Monster Truck fan. Um, I know myself, I am very excited. Um, I, in April, I'm going to have two Monster Truck shows back-to-back. Uh, one is going to be an hour away in a town called Dawson Creek. Uh, and then the other one's going to be here in Grand Prix, Alberta, where I live. So one weekend is going to be Monster X Tour, and then the other weekend it's going to be Monster Truck Throwdown with Elliot Miller, which I hope to have Elliot on the show in the near future. All right, everybody, uh, we will be right back with our interview with Mr. Brandon DeRoe. Stay tuned. Um, right now, we're here with Brandon DeRoe, the driver of Bad News Travels Fast in Virginia. How are you doing today, Brandon? Good, man. How are you guys doing? Pretty good, pretty good. Well, just let our fans um, on our podcast know a little bit about you and um, how did you get started and how did you uh, purchase the truck from uh, the previous owner, Bruce Haney? Okay. Well, I'm 26 years old, and uh, Bad News Travels Fast is just pretty much a truck that my family and I followed for several years on the uh, Monster Jam circuit and a lot of independent shows throughout the summer. Uh, Bruce and Jamie used to do a lot of shows for uh, Mr. Deal Wilson that owns Performance Motorsports there in Winchester, and so uh, we got to see Bruce and Jamie quite a few times over the years, and uh, it all started back in 2007 there at the Fishersville show, and and the first time me and Dad ever saw the truck, we're like, man, this is this is such a nice truck, real clean. And um, when they owned it, I mean, it was just, we tried to do the best we can, but they kept it spotless. And, uh, and that was one thing that really stood out to us was how well maintained the truck was and and how it performed. It uh, it had a 540 midget engine at that time in it, and um, the truck performed real well. And so uh, we were actually at the Monsters on the Beach show in 2011 and uh mr ken dickinson was announcing the show and uh and my girlfriend and i at the time there was at that show and and uh, i heard ken say well the bad news travels fast operation is now for sale and for any more information contact mr bruce and jamie and so uh so then my wheels started turning i'm like man how cool would it be to you know to own this truck and so I didn't really think about it too much more at that time. That was in May of 2011. So uh, later that year in July of 2011, uh, Bruce had the uh, the bad news up the Fisher's deal. And uh, we got to talking to, to Jamie more so before the show. And Jamie knew just as much about the truck as Bruce did. Any question we had, she was open to answer. And um, so then my wheels really started turning. So 
uh, right after the show, uh, there at the end of the night, I went down and my dad and I went down and talked to uh, Jamie a little bit more about the truck and and um, and she said, well, if you come back to the show tomorrow, uh, Bruce will be able to talk to you more about it. So the very next day, we went back to the show again there in Fishersville, and uh, we actually got to go up inside the living quarters of the trailer, and she showed us a lot of the spare parts that would be coming along with the operation if we were to buy it. And um, and just one thing led to another. Uh, super great people. I can't say enough for Bruce and Jamie how great a people they are. And uh, and just one thing led to another, and their patience, too, and, and uh, the whole situation with trying to get the money to buy the truck. That was the hardest thing for us was, was getting the money to buy the truck. Um, we must have went to, no exaggeration, probably eight or nine different banks trying to ask them, you know, hey, guys, can you loan us some money for this truck? And, and every single one of them, except for our hometown bank, just laughed us out of the bank. They're like, man, you want money for what? And so uh, so finally our hometown bank there in Elkton, Virginia, it's called Farmers and Emergence Bank. And uh, and they came through for us and was able to get us some money and, and pretty much, man, the rest is history. Um, we're just learning as we go, still learning things from week to week. And uh, it's just been a big learning curve for us. And uh, we didn't really know anything about monster trucks when we got into the industry. All we knew is that we had a, a good truck and good equipment. And um, and just over the years, we've just learned all the things, you know, on it. And, uh, and through Bruce and Jamie and all their help, and um, they got us to the point where we are now. So uh, stand the- up for them. Well, the one question I have is the Bad News truck has always been one of my favorite appearing trucks. You know, it's always had good graphics. Um, when you guys got it, if I'm correct, it had the uh, orange uh, scheme on it. Um, now it's got a uh, purple scheme. Tell us about how that uh, came along. Well, uh, very few people know this, but uh, actually when we purchased the truck, that was already in the works. Uh, through Mattel and uh, Field and Hot Wheels and all that. That was kind of a dream that they had going on there. So whether we uh, bought the truck from Bruce and Jamie or not, the truck was going to be purple in, in 2012. They'd already made their mind up. It was going to be a different shade of purple, almost kind of like a bluish color. And um, and so Bruce and Jamie, they were still owning the truck at the beginning of the 2012 season. Uh, it would have been purple for them. But uh, this this kind of purple here is, is the closest purple we could get to a uh, it's a color that's on Chrysler old Chrysler and Dodge cars muscle cars it's called Plum Crazy and my father and all, all my father and I always loved that color the Plum Crazy color so this is probably the closest we could get as far as a vinyl wrap um, to the Plum Crazy color and so um, and so over the years you know we tried to add a few more things to it, like uh, when it first came out in 2012, it was just a plain, you know, purple wrap. Well, last summer we added the metal flake to the uh, to the wrap, so it almost gives it more like a little paint paint appearance with the metal flake, and so that stands out a little bit more, especially on the uh, on the summer shows and the outdoor events or the sunshine. You can really see the metal flake and stuff a lot more in the in the vinyl. So, so yeah, it was going to be purple either way, you know, whether we bought it from Bruce or. Uh, or if he uh, he still owned it, so, so that was pretty cool. Um, also, uh, going on your changes, um, outside of last year, uh, your housings had some history. If you want to explain about the housings that you had before you purchased the new ones, yeah, oh, they they had a lot of history. Um, which uh, a lot of people might not know this either, but the original bad news travels fast. Uh, monster truck was actually the old Excalibur truck that Charlie Parkin owned back through, uh, I'm sure probably the late 80s, early 90s, and, um, and Bruce bought it off of him, uh, late 90s, I think around 98, 97, 98. So, uh, so the old rear end housings that was underneath the Bad News Travels Fast up until last year were actually the old housings that Charlie Parkin had hand built himself back in 1989. So those those housings had a lot of miles and a lot of jumps on them, to say the least. But uh, so we upgraded to these uh, brand new concussion motorsports housings. This is the first first set of housings ever created like this with the inspection window in them, so where you can take the uh, take the cover off, look in, see the ring and pinion, all the bearings, you know, everything just just plain as day. And um, I think that's going to be a real you know good innovation in the sport as as the sport progresses. Uh, cause that's just peace of mind of anything. You know, if you're having any, 
question about what the uh, ring and pinion's looking like or your bearings, just take that cover off and, and look, man. You don't have to pull the third member out or anything. It's just so simple and easy. And, and Rich Inman there and uh, the Concussion Motorsports, he's the one that created all of that. And uh, and I'm trying to turn some of these failed guys on to these con- concussion housings. So uh, so we'll see maybe as the years go on, you know, um, what, what that does in the sport. But uh, we love them so far. They've been great for us, haven't had a minute's problem with them. So uh, I look for big things to come from concussion in the next few years. Well, one big thing that was uh, recently announced that you're a part of is the uh, Fox Sports 1 Championship Series for Monster Jam. Uh, they had the, yeah. uh, the kickoff event there in Houston, and uh, this weekend you guys are in Atlanta. Just talk about you know what how, how cool this is. And just talk about, you know, what your mindset is coming into it, competing with some very good trucks in there. Oh, yeah, exactly. I mean, to start off, we're just honored to be even, uh, to have been asked to have been a part of this, this Fox Sports 1 Championship Series. Uh, and secondly, you know, I love the whole idea as far as the point series. That kind of takes me back to, uh, to, to my childhood days when the tough tracks and the Monster Truck Challenge and all that was going on. You know, the mm-hmm. person who who did the best throughout the year, you know, they were they were rewarded at the end of the year with the uh with the championship. And so I think that's kind of a cool idea they brought back to uh to Monster Jam. As far as you know, whoever has the most points at the end of the year, you know, gets the automatic berth into the world finals. And um and just it's it's just awesome, man. I mean the the competition here at these events is just so so crazy. I mean you gotta be on your game. You know, whether it's uh, qualifying or racing, you know, the obstacle challenge they came out with this year for the stadium event um, and the freestyle, I mean, it's just it's second to none, the, the, the quality and caliber of trucks they put together. And just to be a part of this, it's just a dream come true, and uh, we're just honored to be a part of it. So um, also during the um, Fox Sports 1, they also make you guys run quads? Yes, we also have quad. Yeah, uh, there's a quad here at, at each event that will be representing each truck, which is really cool. And uh, so, yeah, for every every truck, all 16 trucks, there's a quad out there racing too. So that's that's a really neat factor. It almost kind of brings in the uh, the uh, the more Monster Jam series with the uh, with the up and coming young guns. It almost kind of brings one of those elements into this into the uh championship series too so that's really cool kind of gives a different element for the fans and uh and i could tell the other night at the at the show the fans were really getting into it um they were kind of picking out their their quad or atv that they was really wanting to win you know that was represented by by the truck so they was uh they was really getting into it i could tell it was it really added an extra element to it now with you know 16 truck field um and a lot of the trucks are brand new. You look at Donald and Titan, a brand new truck. He had some issues with the motor. Um, who do you think is going to be, you know, your major competitor rival? And also who, like, besides, you know, because we're, we're all cheering for you, but besides, you know, who else do you think might take the series? Well, I mean, it's, it's really a toss-up. I mean, I hope we do. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, you got to look at the... Um, you got to look at Charlie Palkin and, and Neil Elliott, you know, those guys are, are icons of the sport, you know, and Monster Jam. I mean, those two just stand out uh, right off the bat for me. But uh, you also got to look at Lindsey Wink, what he's done in the sport, the success he's had. And as far as, um, you know, wins and stadium wins, and just like this past weekend in Houston, he had great success, you know, in Houston. And I think he kind of had a bad night the other night, but, uh, I think he was 11 and one, something like that, and his last um, last stadium shows there in Houston. So that's an incredible record. And then, uh, of course, being in Bradshaw, what he's done already, you know, in the sport that you know he hasn't been in a real long time and already racked up the wins he had. So um, I mean, and even Titan, you know, Donald, he's done an excellent job. So it's it's really hard to say, and that that's one thing that makes this series so interesting is there's so many guys that out there that could just you know throw wins together and, and do very well in the series. And it's, it's hard to say who's going to win the championship or, or get the berths, you know, into the world finals. And uh, it's going to be very interesting as the season plays out. Now, you're in a group, I may say, that have taken a name that was 
previously owned by someone else and basically raised the bar on that truck, like uh, Jeremy Slipko in Backdraft or um, yourself, like I said. Um, Mm -hmm. Let's go back to probably the event that kind of set you to where people know you as Bad News Travels Fast in Charleston, West Virginia, when you won your uh, Wheelie of the Year, I believe, in 2013. Uh, Explain how awesome that was, and uh, do you still recall on that Wheelie? Yeah, that that whole weekend was pretty wild. Um, We were able to get probably really our first real wins of, since we owned the truck, you know, Monster Jam wins that season. Um, that night, it started that night. We was able to get our first wheelie win ever that night. And um, it was pretty cool. I mean, we were starting to, to finally get the knack of the whole wheelie thing. And um, and um, and plus, we were used to it. They always sent us out first, you know, because we were kind of the new, new guys on the block. So they would send us out for the first for the competition. So we're starting to get used to how to hit the cars and, and when to give it the, the throttle and things like that. But I can just remember sitting there, and I knew it couldn't have been more than probably eight or ten seconds that the truck sit there, but it felt like an eternity inside the cockpit there. I'm like, man, is this thing going to go over backwards? Or is it going to sit here? What's it going to do? So I kind of just sit there for a minute, you know, tried to gather my thoughts. And, uh, and as soon as... Dad, come on the radio. My first thought and his first thought was put it in reverse. It hasn't went over backwards yet. Put it in reverse. So we put it in reverse, and uh, I didn't give it, you know, a whole lot of throttle, just enough, you know, to where it would step back down. But uh, but that was yeah, probably one of the coolest moments I've ever had inside that truck. Just It almost felt like he was in the space shuttle or something, you know, however that would feel like. That's kind of what it felt like sitting in the cockpit there, getting ready to take off blast off is uh how the truck was sitting there just straight up and um yeah that was that was pretty awesome man and um and so far in our our careers you know owning this truck my family and i that would probably have to be one of our highlights definitely for sure is just winning that uh william the year award and uh and the announcer at that show even said after the show he said i'm gonna try to see if i can get this put in for the wheelie of the year and i'm like oh you know i'm I wasn't expecting anything like that, and uh, sure enough, it, in Las Vegas at the award ceremony there, they awarded us the uh, the award for the best of Wheelie, and that, that was just uh, that was pretty crazy. Definitely didn't expect that to happen. <laughs> now, as I alluded to earlier, you know the bad news truck has had some wild paint schemes. Is there anything that you can hint to us in the future that you know a paint change, color change? Do you guys have anything in the works right now? Well, um, pretty much just like clockwork here the past, um, really the whole 15 years that, that Bruce owned the truck and when we've owned the truck, about every four years is when the paint scheme changes or the color changes or something like that. And, um, and just in the, uh, you know, the short 15 years that Bad News has been in operation, it's been five different paint schemes so far. And so we're thinking 2016, that'll be the four year mark, um, that things will, change with the appearance and uh we've kind of tossed around ideas as far as uh, you know the graphics and colors and things like that we hate to deviate too much from the graphics because we really like the uh the boy that's on the side now he's probably the one we've liked the most over the years and so uh we might try to kind of stick close to that same kind of scheme on the side but maybe change the color a little bit and we've also tossed a few of those ideas around. We can't really say anything now about it, but just me and uh, me and the family's kind of thought of a few things, and it's a color that has not been used before, you know, because it went from the black to the white to the red to the orange and now the purple, so it's none of those colors that it was previously, but uh, something we've kind of been thinking about here. It's in the works a little bit. Also, uh, you guys have done some changes to that truck. I believe that truck's still the... The chassis that Bruce ran with the red paint scheme in 2004. Um, Why explain? Um, because a lot of fans are talking about how the are questioning, saying that your truck seems new because how you guys set up the truck now a little bit lower and uh, a little bit wider. And I uh, just wanted to let that out to see, let people know that you know you still have the same truck. 
Exactly. Yeah, it's the exact same truck and chassis and everything we bought from Bruce. We just made a, uh, some pretty sig- significant changes to it. Uh, the one that would probably stand out the most out of all the changes we've made is, uh, for one, the housing, and then we uh, offset the, uh, the flange on our wheels. Uh, we did this last May, and um, one thing that set us back a few races, which you was there for a few of them there at the beginning in Columbus last year, Dan, is uh, we was breaking steer cylinders and stuff left and right, and um, that was all in part to the brand-new uh, housings we had under it, and, uh, and everything just wasn't lining up the way it should, and um, it was just breaking parts and everything. And so Dan Patrick there in Circleville, Ohio, he's the one that actually uh, created this chassis, but he said, why don't you come to my shop here in the next few days? We'll, uh, we'll turn the knuckles for you, uh, machine the knuckles, put everything back on, uh, make like a spacer in between the steer cylinders, kind of spaces the uh, steer cylinders out there a little bit for you. And he said, you shouldn't have any more problems with breaking steer, steer cylinders or anything. It won't be as, as that, uh, much of an angle when you turn the wheel. And sure enough, we went to uh, the Dan shop there for, for quite a few days and stayed, and he did all the machine work for us and uh, got, all, got the truck back together, and, and that helped a ton just in itself. But um, the previous housings were right around 47, 47 and a half inches, the ones that, uh, that Charlie Palkin had made back in 1989. So the newest concussion housings, the widest he makes is 45 inches. So we went with the widest housings that he made, and it was just unbelievable how much a couple inches at each corner would make when we put the new housing underneath of it. And um, and you know yourself, Dan, I had done probably uh, 50 or 60 events up until last year. And the very first event last year went into a donut and over she went, you know, with the narrow wheelbase and uh, and the knuckles and stuff needing turns. So, uh, so that was kind of a... Uh, stepping stone for us we're like man we got to do something here we can't have you know the, uh we need some more stability in the truck and we need it to race better turn better and things like that and so in the off season you know after the first quarter uh last year we went ahead and widened the flange out on the wheels so we started out with about 11 foot one inches in width now we're right at 12 foot so we got about five and a half inches on each side of the truck which was huge um, just for example, this last weekend, you know, we're just starting to get our feet wet and stuff back into the truck and you know, a whole new season. And, uh, this past weekend was the best we've ever qualified for a stadium event, you know, the Chicago style racing. So I'm able to stay in the, in the throttle longer around the turns, able to take the turns quicker. And so, um, so I think as the season goes on, we get used to these type of turning tracks. I think it's going to really pay dividends for us that the truck is wider, uh, almost a foot wider than what it used to be. And so, um, so yeah, we're just trying to take this awesome piece that Bruce had and try to, um, try to you know, upgrade over the years and, and things like that and try to do things to where it's going to do better for, for the truck and for us, you know, in the long haul and, and, and ultimately put on a better show for the fans. Now, the one thing I want to quickly ask is uh, the first time you ever jumped behind the wheel of the truck. Um now, I, I've asked this to mo- the, all the drivers that we have on the show. Um, what was it like? You know, what, did it come pretty naturally to you, or was it kind of a steep learning curve, you know, with your rear steer and all? Well, that's, that's it's funny that you asked that, because um, I owe everything, you know, as far as the learning and all that of the truck uh, to Bruce, because uh, we knew nothing, you know, about the truck when we bought it. And, um, and so all the driving and stuff like that, um, starting out, that was all – all Bruce, and um, and so I could sit here and, and tell you a bunch of stories about Bruce and Jamie and uh, their hospitality towards us. But when we purchased the truck, we went down there um, and stayed for actually at their residence for a week. And Bruce showed us the ins and ins and outs of the truck, you know, the best he could in like a week's course for us. Instead of us, you know, just buying him saying, "Here you go, here's your truck, good luck." He actually took his time, and, and Jamie also to sit down with us, showed us. Showed us what to do, what not to do. Showed us blower settings, shock settings. You know, we tore apart a planetary and, and checked all that out. So, um, so that was really cool. But um, a few a few days into um, us being down there, Bruce said, "Well, are you ready to drive the truck?" You know, and I was like, "Man, I thought he would never ask." I was ready to get behind the wheel, and so um, it was the first time I ever drove it. It had the big tires on it. It wasn't on transport tires, and so I was about to take off. 
and that started up there. And Bruce said, when you go down through through his driveway, there's kind of a windy driveway. First time ever driving the truck, he said, I want you to use rear steer only. Do not touch the front steering. I want to see how you do. So I was like, oh, my gosh, are you kidding me? This is going to be bad. <laughs> so, so went down through his driveway there using the rear steer only. And uh, that got me pretty used to the rear steer pretty quickly there, uh, just using that only. And so I went down his driveway, uh, turned around, backed up, uh, came back down his driveway towards him, and uh, did that a few times. And then he kind of cut me loose. He said, okay, now that you're starting to get the hang of it a little bit, he said, now you can use the front steering. And take it. he said, gas on it a little bit when you go down through there. So I'd get to the end of his driveway and, and gas on it there a little bit. And uh, it, it really, you know, with him helping me and stuff, it actually came pretty pretty naturally. Um, it was almost by fate, but uh, the pedals and everything, the seat, none of it had to be modified for when we bought it off of him. So it was almost, he said, I couldn't have sold it to another person to where you you fit exactly in my seat, you know, perfect, you know, with the pedals, you know, and all that stuff. So it was almost meant to be. But, um, you know, I just felt really comfortable. Um, it's got the ISP seat in it. I love it. I wouldn't change it for anything. I just feel so comfortable when I get strapped in it. And uh, so it almost kind of came, you know, with his help and seat time, it almost kind of came natural for us. And so, um, see, I just can't stand up for Mr. Bruce and what all he did for me. So let's uh, go back. Well, will that go back? Let's uh, have an interesting question. Uh, since you drove the truck, do you still, uh, do you remember or uh, tell us the most violent incident that you have in that truck? As far as drawing me around and stuff like that? Uh, rollovers, uh, breakage, uh, anything like that. Yeah, probably the most uh, violent rollover we had was in Orlando last year. <clears throat> and um, we had several issues with the uh, with the lock valve. We was running a cast lock valve, double lock valve for the rear steer instead of the steel one that's on there now. And we had several issues, especially on uh, jammer stacks. As soon as I hit a jammer stack, if it come down, you know, a little bit more on one side or the other, it would always blow out that lock valve. And so that was another thing we we had to do. We're like, man, we got to come up with some way to where this thing's not going to do this. You know, when we hit these jammer stacks and stuff in these bigger stadium shows. And so, um, so this was before we had the steel lock valve on it. It was in Orlando last year. And uh, one of the very first hits of the event, the lock valve blew out, so I had no rear steer for the rest of the rest of the show. So the whole time I was sitting there thinking, I'm like, man, I'm not going to give up all these awesome fans here in the seats. You know, they come to see us put on a show, and I'm not going to quit. You know, I'm going to fill my time, go through bonus and all that stuff, you know, make sure I fill all that. So uh, we made it through the, the uh, regulation time okay, and then uh, bonus time, I was starting to get a little bit more brave because I was hitting everything kind of, uh, caddy corner, you know, with the rear steer turn, and I was like, oh, it's, it's landing pretty good, it's landing pretty good, so I was getting more and more brave as the, as the uh, freestyle was going on there, and my very last hit that I was going to hit there in freestyle ended up being the one that, that threw me over. I hit hit a jump just a little bit too much, uh, harder than what I should have, and um, and pretty much the whole impact came down on the cage, on, on the roof there, and um uh, and that really jarred me. That um, I was seeing stars there for a few minutes quite afterwards. And uh, and um, and actually, as soon as I landed, I tasted blood in my mouth there for for just a couple seconds. And then uh, and after that, you know, I was fine. I, I walked over to Dad and I said, "Man, that rang my bell." And he said, "I could tell you look awful starry-eyed." So that was probably the hardest impact inside the truck because there's nothing to break its, you know, break its fall. It was just, you know, up in the air and then bam, down on the on the cage there. And so, um, so that was probably the the hardest impact. And we've had a couple impacts too inside the truck to where, um, if you go to do a wheelie or something that comes right down on the wheelie bar, that's a pretty hard impact because there's no shocks or nothing there to break the uh, break the fall. It's just, you know, you're up in the air and then, and then the wheelie bar. So that's that's pretty jarring too. But uh, yeah, probably the hardest impact I'd ever had inside the truck was there in Orlando last year. Um, one question that I have uh, is another question I like to ask uh, the guests that we have. Um, you mentioned okay. that uh, you like with the new 
Fox Sports One championship championship series. It kind of brings you back to the days, you know, tough tracks and the TNT days. Um, what was it about those days that you know interested you, and what was your uh, favorite moment back then? Oh, I have so many good memories of those days, but that's really when I I fell in love with the sport. Um, my dad took me to uh, my first event when I was a year and a half old. It was uh, I still remember the day. It was September seventeenth, nineteen eighty nine. Uh, there, when Tough Tracks and Monster Truck Challenge was having the uh, the uh, annual show there in Fishersville, and uh, it was actually televised and everything. And um, at that particular show, if I'm not mistaken, it was 15 or 16 trucks, and um, which was a lot, you know, for back then. And, I mean, that's a lot for today's standards, but that was a lot of trucks at that particular show, and um, I just fell in love with it. Ever since that show, I just, I've had a love for them. And, and one thing for, for back then is, uh, you know, all the pioneers, per se, of the sport, you know, um, you know Dennis, Gary Porter, uh, I mean, just the Breen boys, Scott Stevens, all those guys, and, um, you know, and even the earlier Bigfoots, they, uh, you know, a lot of the more independent guys, you know, Bigfoots, you know, they, they was the pioneers. They, you know, they had money, I would have thought, back then, you know, to where they really advanced the sport, you know, with Bigfoot uh, 8 and everything like that. But, you know, the Breen boys and Gary Porter and Dennis, they might not have had a lot of money, you know, but they just ran so hard week in and week out. And um, and that just really drew me to the sport. I'm like, man, look at these guys just they're running so hard, try to put on an awesome show for these fans, and um, and just racing their butts off. And um, and that, and that's just one thing that I just still love about those days back then. You know, there was no sandbag and none of this. It just seemed like you run what you brought, and because everybody was chasing that coveted championship. And um, and I'm thinking that's what it's going to bring back to you know monster jam and failed this year is um you know saying hey here's a championship here's points on the line here's a birth of the world finals on the line you guys go after it and um and you could really tell i mean the guys the other night that we was racing with i mean people just rolling over and and, and qualifying you know they're going after it so hard so well, i think that's going to bring an element of the old days you know back to the monster trucks today and uh, i think it's just going to make for a more exciting show and everything for the fans, because ultimately that's what it's all about, is uh, making the fans happy and, and making them come back again next time. So your show, your first show, was in 1989 in Fishersville, Virginia. Let's fast forward. It was. To, let's fast forward to the first week in November in 2014. You went, I, I know this, but you went to the Monster Truck Hall of Fame. So you sure being a baby... Is. And you see John Breen and his Mad Dog. How was the feeling, and how was the experience of the Hall of Fame? Even when you saw John Breen now, even with you being a monster truck driver. Oh man, I mean that's just all the idols I grew up, you know, watching. And um, I don't know, it's, it's hard to explain. Um, it's just kind of a, a dream come true, getting to meet all these pioneers, and you know who paved the way for for the sport now, and just getting to see them shake their hand and. And I had the privilege of uh, of actually watching in person all five inductees this year, you know, at some point in their career, watching them race and stuff. So that meant a little bit more to me too. I'm like, man, I gotta go. That was my first year going last year to the uh, to the Hall of Fame ceremony out there in Indiana, and I'll definitely be back every year after after that. So uh, it was just awesome, man. I mean, the way they did the whole ceremony and um, and just just evolved it around. Um, all of those guys and what they had done and showing the old footage up there on the screen. And, and it was just so cool and brought back so many memories. It's like, man, this is, this is the reason why I fell in love with the sport right here. Five of these guys up here on stage and, um, and Andy Brass, you know, I'd met him before. I was probably five or six years old when I met him the first time, but getting to meet him and, you know, really meet him and talk to him for the, for the first time was just really awesome. And uh, these guys, you know, that got inducted are still just as humble now as they were back then. And even hearing their stories while they're up there on the, on the podium talking and everything, it's just so crazy and they're just so cool. And um, and uh, I owe so much to those guys for giving what they did to the sport to, um, to where, you know, guys like myself and other younger drivers and um, getting into the sport 
how we're able to just jump into the sports, you know, and, and kind of take off like we are now. It's all owed to those guys. Now, with today's technology and monster trucks, different chassis, you know, you have the CRD, Concussion, uh, the new Patrick uh, Low Center Gravity chassis. If you had your choice of any one of those, which one would you go for? Well, um, I do like the um, the new Concussion uh, chassis. Um, I haven't really seen a lot of the CRD and, and all that stuff. I think uh, Field uses a lot of those. Um, I would have to just, you know, on a limb say Patrick, because um, Patrick built this chassis. We love it. We haven't had hardly any issue with it. Um, you know, when it came out, it was pretty much the, the Cadillac of the chassis when um, when Dan started building them, you know, back in the day. And so I would have to remain with Patrick for right now, um, unless I drove, like, say, a truck that had a concussion chassis on it, can really could really feel it, you know, if there's a difference or, or anything like that. I would have to see it firsthand and actually experience it before I would go against Dan and and, uh, and what he's created here. I mean, we love it, and it could be because I'm partial to it. You know, it's my first truck ever, first chassis ever, and, and just getting used to it and um, and everything now. But uh, I would have to just stick with Dan at this point. So here's one. I'm going back to the history. If you were in Fishersville, Virginia, in a straight line uh-huh. track, and you're in the and you're in the let's say the left lane, out of the past and present, who would you prefer to race against in the right lane? <laughs> this is a good one. That's definitely a good question, right there. Probably Deal Wilson because his favorite lane is the left lane. So if I could get that lane and a race against Deal, that would be awesome. <laughs> He's got that that left lane and stuff figured out, man. That's that's kind of his lane of choice up there at Fishersville. So I would feel like I would have an advantage already, at least a little bit, if we were in that left lane and he was in the right lane, because um, that would be taking him a little bit out of his element racing in that right lane, which you know he does awesome whatever lane he's in, but. But up there, that's definitely his lane of choice is the uh, is the left lane there. So, so that would be that's a very good question. That would be awesome if I could do that sometime. But usually, he has the quicker time to where he gets lane choice. <laughs> so nobody ever really gets him out of that lane. <laughs> what is your favorite uh, track type to run on? Because Monster Jam has so many different types, and independent promoters run so many different types. What's your favorite to run on so far? Well, uh, the Chicago-style tracks are starting to grow on me, but I would have to just go back to my roots, man, and just say straight-line straight racing is what we prefer. And I honestly think that's what the truck does the best on. Uh, it's starting to come around. You know, I think the truck there is just waiting on me as far as the Chicago-style courses, but it seems like the straight-line uh, courses, man, the truck does so well. It's just kind of like point-and-shoot, man, pull the trigger. Uh, you're at the line when you're in between the cars. It's very seldom does it ever try to get squirrely or anything. It just usually always lays down a nice path. And, um, and yes, I would have to say straight line racing. We really like straight line racing. All right. We're going to give our last questions here to you, Brandon. And uh, just okay. wanted to um, say uh, you prefer straight line racing. So I'm assuming you – What? how is the atmosphere – all right, in a first quarter show, compared to let's just say a deal, not deal Wilson, but um, a summertime program that you normally do, like you were in Tyler County or Washington County, um, is it apples and oranges? Or uh, I'm trying to figure this question out for you. I'm sorry. Um, what's the difference between the two? Well. Um I would say, you know, that all the fans there are, are there for the same reason, you know. They want to see monster trucks um, just do the crazy things that monster trucks do, you know, and the unbelievable things that monster trucks can do, you know, 10,000 pounds and 1,500 horsepower. But uh, I would just say that um, the summer events are just, um, that's more kind of uh, tailored, I would guess, to maybe more of the... Um, Maybe more of the, of the laid back fans, you know, they're they're there to have a good time. If somebody rolls, you know, that's cool. If not, that's awesome too. And you know, um, 
just the summertime events, just, um, I don't know, it's, um, it's not quite as, uh, rushed of an, of an event as what, say, a uh, Monster Jam or somebody would be, which I can understand why I failed, you know, it has to be a, a pretty rushed event like it is. You have 16 trucks, you know, competing, or like this last weekend, 24 trucks um, freestyling and stuff like that. The, the show's got to move at a pretty good pace. But, um, like, the summer events, man, you only have, say, six or eight trucks there. It's more laid back. Um, it's just, um, and I don't know. I mean, I think the fans really enjoy um, both shows, but I've heard from several people that they like the summer shows actually a little bit better than than say uh, like your indoor shows and, and things like that uh just for the simple fact of um you know a lot of the summer shows you do you got a lot more room to run um versus saying like an arena show or, or things like that and um can really open the trucks up and that's what i think the fans really like to see that see the most is what these ten thousand pound trucks can do you know the speed they can get up in such a you know short amount of space and um and like Fishersville is a perfect example and you can get up quite a bit of speed just on that short of the track. You know, it's been shortened quite a bit, you know, since the early days, you know, the late eighties of up there at Fishersville. They had two real long stacks of cars up there, but um even the shorter track is what they run up there now, I mean you can get great speeds, you know, just in that short of a distance. So um it just it kinda just depends, you know. I just think um fans in general love both, but um I know uh, around our neck of the woods, you know, in, in Elkton, Virginia, there, it seems like people prefer the outdoor events more so than the indoor events. And and I'm sure that changes wherever you go, um, you know, cities and things like that. People may prefer the, the arenas or the um, stadiums, but that's just kind of what I've taken from it over the years. Now, I'm going to kind of go back on to Dan's question about who would you like to line up against. So I'm going to bring you into modern day. Now, I'm going to go okay. from, let's say, 2000 on. Actually, no, let's go from, let's say, 96 to 2003. In that era, okay. who would you like to line up against? It doesn't matter what promoter they ran for, what team, but who would you love to run against from that era? Um, that's, that's another good question. Um. It would probably have to be somebody like uh, like Dennis or Tom. Um, unfortunately, yet I haven't had the chance to run against Dennis or Tom. But back at that time, you know, Dennis still owned the Grave Digger. Um, you know, for that the beginning of that period that you talked about there, and then uh, if I'm not mistaken, at that time also uh, Tom was was still driving Monster Patrol and stuff like that. So to have actually raised him before he got into like. Um, Failed motorsports and stuff, and Clear Channel, what he eventually got into. That would have been awesome, man. It's kind of like racing them before they got real, real big, you know, because um, they're just superstars, icons now. So to have actually raced them kind of like in a setting like Fishersville back then would have just been uh, really, really cool. And, um, you know, because you'd be racing them pretty much um, just, you know, before they got to the superstar status. I mean, I'm, of course, Dennis and Tom were big then, but it, I think they're even bigger now than what, what they were then. But, uh, yeah, that would have been really cool to either race Dennis or Tom, you know, back in that era. Well, is there uh, any uh, websites, uh, social media pages, or anything the fans can get a hold of you at? Sure. We have a website. It's uh, www.badnewsracing.com. Uh, I actually uploaded a bunch of videos here uh, a few weeks ago, so I think it's up to 50-some videos now. There's a link at the bottom of our page that you can click on, and it brings you up all of our uh, YouTube videos. And um, and actually, uh, my name, Brandon Darrow, Bad News Racing. You can follow me on Facebook and uh, Instagram. I have Instagram also. I don't get on that as much as I would Facebook. But, uh, but yeah, fans, uh, please feel free to... To add me on on Facebook. I'd love to hear from you. And uh, some of the best pictures I've ever gotten of the truck is the ones that uh, the awesome fans have taken and uh, and shared on our page, or actually sent to our uh, our web page. Uh, Mark Jackson out of uh, Canada. He does our page for us, and they'll just sometimes just send them right direct to Mark, and Mark just puts them on the website. And um, next time you go on there, it's like, hey, there's new pictures the fans sent in. So that's really cool, and we love that, to see pictures from fans and stuff like that. And uh, it just makes our day when people take the time to, to put pictures out there of us or, 
or even pictures of like say us with their children or just like family shots we love those too so anything y'all would like to send in that would be great well, we'd like to uh, thank you for your time for uh, joining us tonight. Uh, we wish you much luck in the uh, Fox Sports 1 Championship Series, and we hope to see you in the World Finals this year, man. All right, man. Well, thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. All right. Talk to you later, man. See ya. All right. Thank you, sir. Thank you to Mr. Brandon DeRoe for joining us and giving us some awesome insight on how he got the bad news, Chuck, and his past with uh, Bruce Haney and all of the questions that we were able to ask him. Uh, I'd also like to thank you to my other co-host, Dan Agosh. He has been busy, so that's why we're trying a different format out right now. Um, I just want to say thank you to all the fans for liking us on Facebook. We're at about 209 likes, so that's awesome. Thank you, everybody. Uh, go check us out on uh, Instagram as well. We're at Crush This Podcast. Also, if you're a driver, a sponsor, or somebody you know that wants to get in contact with us, you could do so at CrushThisPodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we have some great shows coming up soon. We're going to post a little calendar on the Facebook page just so you know who's going to be coming up. Uh, sorry about the weird couple weeks, everybody, with the holidays happening and then just the little bit of issues I was having last night. But it's we're getting it on track, and I hope you guys still like it. And this is something that we do for fun, and we love doing it. So it's it's going to be good. So for myself, Brad Shaw, Dan Agosh, and Daniel Donnelly, who is another part of our team officially now, uh, this has been Crush This, a Monster Truck Podcast, Episode 4. Keep a rubber side down, shiny side up, everybody. <laughs>